Hi guys, today Paul Perez and I uh, from the Proven Have Fun podcast discuss the brand new release on Amazon Prime coming to America. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Reseller Niche Podcast, a show for e-commerce buyers and sellers where we investigate unique items being bought and sold and show you how research equals knowledge equals profit. Howdy, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Reseller Niche Podcast. I'm here with my main man, Paul. How's it going, Paul? You know where that gets the horn. Absolutely. We are here on a Tuesday night. We normally record this like Tuesday early, like the sun's out, but uh, no sun tonight. It's just uh, darkness. Darkness. We can still have tacos, though. Oh, there you go. I see. I didn't bring it up, so you won't get hungry. I didn't bring it up. You know what I mean? It's always on my, always on the brain. What can I say? What can I say? So, I'm even going to text you after this a funny little taco gift. I, I, I promise you that. You'll see. All right. All right. All right. I appreciate that. Thank you. So today, we're actually, this is a re-record. We had some audio issues a couple days back, but hopefully this will be better than the first try. So today, um, our topic for the day is a sequel and sequels are well we'll get into that the topic of the show is coming to america as opposed to the original so do you want to give them a synopsis of the movie um if just in case people haven't heard of it absolutely mo and big shout out to tommy bernard tommy bernard in the building uh so thank you for tuning in coming to america you know, released in here in 2021. It was released last Friday. And the premise on Google says, needing a male heir to the throne, Prince Azim returns to Queens, New York to find his long lost son and bring him back to Zamunda. Directed by Craig Brewer, who also did a hustle and flow uh, and, and several other movies. But uh, this is the synopsis of coming to America, Mo. Excellent. Excellent. Now, like I always like to do, I always try to kind of go over the whatever you thought about before you're going to watch this. I know some people think about sequels as maybe not being as good as the original, but without taking that into account, what did you? What was your first thought when you heard they were re-releasing this or releasing a sequel to this? I should say. Well, it's uh, something similar to uh, our, and I, you know, I'm going to include you in this, but please correct me if I'm wrong, Mo. Like it's it's on 80s nostalgia, like nostalgia for these movies that we grew up with that, uh, you know, we're excited to see the actors come back. And that that's a big one that you get to see the actors come back and in the trailers. It seems to really put you back in the world of Zamunda as well. And uh, we remember the comedy and how timeless that first coming to America movie was. So uh, definitely was excited for this movie. And what about you, Mo? Like, why is it that you wanted to see this movie? Why is it that you even wanted to review this movie? Okay. So many, so many reasons. And one thing I, I left out the last time we talked about this is I have a friend I do a show with in the mornings, uh, my buddy Leroy Blood, and he doesn't watch movies at all. Very, very few. I think he hasn't seen more than five movies since like 1995 or something. This happens to be one movie, not only that he's seen the original coming to America, but he actually watched this the day it came out. So we've actually been talking about this, me and him, since, I don't know what it was, just as long as me and you have been talking about this for months. So that was the first thing. 
I think nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgia. Me, you know me, obsessed just a little bit like, well, I know like you, with pop culture, movies, music, and this is all three of those combined. So the first thing I thought of was, wow, 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 wow. I'm excited. This is, this is going to be good. And for so many different reasons. So I don't know if you were as excited as I was when I, when I heard. I, I thought it was a joke because you know how sometimes they put out those fake YouTube like uh, trailers that kids put together. Um, like I saw one for like Titanic 2 or something like that. So I thought this was fake at first. But like, no, that, it was real. So I was really, really excited. That was my first take on it before I started thinking. What about you? I mean, I know I already asked you a question. Were you as excited as I was? I don't know if I was as excited. I don't know if I was as excited because we've seen a lot of times with uh, sequels to like really like movies uh, that we maybe saw rose colored glasses because we maybe saw them at a, at a younger age and our peers were talking about it and we were saying the jokes from the movies. Uh, so you kind of have you go into it with that kind of, uh, you know, that like you're putting it on a pedestal a little bit. But I, I was excited, but I wasn't like, um, I, I, you know, I couldn't like, it wasn't like anticipating this, like if it was a Christmas day as a, as a 10 year old kind of thing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I was looking forward to seeing it for sure. And uh, whether this had come out, like, you know, it was not a you know period during pandemic. This is definitely going to be a theater release. And uh, I would have gone to pay money to go see this in the theater. Absolutely. And yes, I definitely would have too. And I don't know if theaters are open up around you. I think they have opened up around me. Um, that's a good question. To be honest, I actually know, but I know for a fact, this would have been the number one movie on my list this year. Now with that said, I know I've hyped it up a lot, like what I thought about originally. My first thought, it was always good. My second thought is breaking down the movie. Like, oh no, this isn't going to be as good. So the first thing I did, like we talked about last time was I looked at who was going to be in the movie. Okay. Is it going to be like a brand new, is it like, you know, the, I think they redid the Ghostbusters and like, it's all a different cast, you know, like who, who are the people in the movie? And I was pleasantly surprised that I'd say 95% of the cast was there, at least a hundred percent of the main cast, but like 95% of the original cast was there with a couple of omissions. Um, I guess to go with the storyline, I guess the, you know, obviously um, Akeem's mother, she's passed away. So she isn't in, they, they talk about her, they allude to her, and I think they have clips with her in them, but she isn't in the movie. The one I was kind of hoping that was in there, somewhere in there, was Samuel Jackson. Um, I kind of, I was hoping they do like a thing, you know how they did with, um, who are the two characters that he, he hands off like $100,000 in cash to uh, from Trading Places? Um, I'm blanking on their names, but two older, super older gentlemen. Randall, I, remember, I have a familiar, like their faces, but not their names. Oh, no. Randolph and Mortimer are their names in the movie, in Trading <laughs> Places. So in Trading Places, if you haven't seen it, you've everyone, seriously, that's one of the greatest movies of all time. As well. It's up there with Coming to America, the original. So anyway, so Akeem's walking, like, it looks like past some water in the original movie, and he hands off like a stack of cash like he just got done with a strip club or something. Seriously, it was, it was like this. And then like it was enough for them to say, okay, we're back in business. And they were in the stock market, you know. Which is kind of like a like a, like a connected universe of coming to America and trading places, yeah? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, you've got, you've got to see that. Dan Aykroyd, him, um, Jamie Lee Curtis, um, 
there's other people that I know their faces. I don't know their names. But anyways, I digress. But that I, I was hoping they'd do something like that with Samuel L. Jackson. Maybe he obviously isn't wielding like, a, you know, a, a rifle or something trying to rob McDowell's. But maybe he could have been like a trillionaire by now. And like he owns like a rival restaurant to McDowell's or, you know, something. Like even if they, I mean, they showed his face. There was like a two second clip where they show that, right? And there was but, a lot of flashback scenes in the movie, definitely. Yes. So flashback uh, scenes of the first coming to America. Yes, 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 yes. So I mean, and I, actually, I I did appreciate that in the movie. I do like when they revert. They don't just completely ignore the original. I like about it. I guess a little bit later, but um, for me, that was that was the glaring mission in my head. I did like the fact that they brought on like uh, Tracy Morgan. I believe her name's Leslie Jones. Is that correct? Um, and then um, I'm going to blank on his name again. Wesley Snipes. Wesley, Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. And then um, Morgan Freeman. And then and what about like the musical acts? I know we're jumping ahead, but um, when they're kind of doing this pre-wedding uh, pre-wedding thing or James Earl Jones is. Um, okay. One second. I'm going to. Okay, spoiler alert. We haven't done the spoiler alert. The spoiler alert. <laughs> and I'm going to go back and forth. So if you haven't seen it, this is going to make no sense. But why was James... I know he was dying, but they literally had James Earl Jones standing in a coffin. It's a joke. Yeah, that part was a goof. That was so goofy. Yeah. like He's like, I'm about to die, so let's have a ceremony now while I'm still alive. And then he dies when the ceremony's over. It's like, wow, that's convenient. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, it's ridiculous. Really, I thought it was hilarious, but I'm thinking in my head, like, wow, they really, that that's the kind of thing I liked about the movie, the tongue-in-cheek part of it right there. And then Morgan Freeman is standing there like, who was he? I mean. He, I, I think he was Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman was Morgan Freeman. Like, uh, you were talking about the musical acts. I know the, the Gladys Knight was one of the musical yes. acts as well, definitely. And he was like, when like something happened to the king, like people just stopped having sex. Like they cancel Christmas and all this other stuff. I was like, what? You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, it was ridiculous. Like Morgan Freeman was Morgan Freeman, though. Yeah, he gave a wonderful I, speech, which was ridiculous. I guess he can do no wrong. He's got one of those voices, I guess. He's I the voice of God. James Earl Jones. Have he, the, he's the voice of God, bro. Yeah, Morgan that's Freeman. Right, that's right. Yeah. Literally the voice of God. So I mean, I'm. Let me see. There was Salt and Pepper. There was, like you said, Gladys Knight. I don't know if the Pips were there or not. Um, I, I think it was just Gladys Knight. I think it was just Gladys Knight. And then, oh, I'm blanking on right before Salt and Pepper came out. It was who was it? Oh, I have that's the one I'm forgetting as well because you said Salt and Pepper. I, I remember Salt and Pepper. It was in Vogue. I think it was in. Vogue. Oh yeah, it was. It was. It was, it was three members of In Vogue. Yeah, and yes. and they all look great. They all they all look good still. They yeah. look the same. And then they had Salt and Pepper in there, like their left those red and yellow leather jacket things. Old school so, salt and pepper, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. But the act, musical actor, we're talking about musical acts, that I was most excited to see was Sexual Chocolate. I mean... Uh, He's and, Randy Watson. That's your boy, yeah. You know? And, and then the, I don't know what the name of the, the little guy in the barbershop is, the one who, but he has one line that I remember from the original, that boy is good. Yeah, so he, yeah, yeah. he did that. So I thought that was good. And then, you know, he's standing up dancing as much as he can. I that mean, was good. Yeah. That was good. So yeah. he probably is probably like 80 years old. But I mean, I, I like that they brought him back. And then, you know, and then the, 
I was hoping they'd do a little bit more with, I know they don't have his character in the movie, but like the whole uh, Jerry Curl thing. What was the name? What was the brand of the Jerry Curl spray or whatever? Soul Glow. Soul Glow. Soul Glow. Soul Glow. Soul Glow. Nice. You can hit the note there. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if they had still, I mean, I was hoping it would be like a McDowell sponsorship or something because I know there was a, I mean, they did an awesome job where they're basically making fun of McDonald's. They talk about like the whole thing with the McFlurry with the stuff underneath as opposed to on top. It's or called the McFlurby. We put the stuff on. We put the toppings underneath. It's like wow, yeah. I I mean all of this stuff I thought was awesome because I think this is kind of what made up the original. It was the original movie. If you think about it, and if you didn't know Eddie Murphy, you didn't know Arsenio Hall, you'd say, eh, it's kind of what it was made up by the characters and how they played the characters. Like I loved the barbershop. I love like um, all the different people kind of coming together, doing their individual little parts. Um, oh, here we go, the man of the hour. This is, I, I promised him we would be doing the show. This is Leroy, Leroy Blood right here. This is what I was talking about. <laughs> I don't know what he's going on about. <laughs> Blood, sweat, and sell in the building. That's right, Leroy is in the house. So this is maybe the first movie he's seen in 10 years, so. Wow. <laughs> That's, that's really hard to believe. Like for people who see movies all the time, but yeah, that's crazy. I'm obsessed. So, anyway, anyways, I'm losing my train of thought here. But what I was gonna say is that um, the other person that I thought would would have been a good one was Jake, the taxi taxi cab driver, body by Jake. He was admitted to, and then the original um, owner of the original motel. Um, I think it was uh, something Faison. I don't know. I can't remember his first name. But um, yeah, so anyways, I, I like that they brought all of these people back and I thought it helped with the story. Now, with that being said, I guess the negatives and I'm going to we'll go back and forth. You know, I'm sure there's other positives that I'll think about. But like I said, with the first one, the story like Coming to America is a great movie. I don't think the storyline was that great, but it didn't have to be this time. It was a good movie, I would say. And it was because the individual little, you know how the, they have lots of little parts, right? You know, Babar the Elephant, you've got Jake, you've got Samuel Jackson, you've got, you know, uh, Sexual Chocolate. They didn't, I think all the individual different parts didn't hit as hard for me, at least. Maybe I'm being nostalgic for the original. I don't know. So what did you feel like, how did you feel about this movie compared to, and you don't have to give it a rating yet, compared to the original, if you were to stand them up next to each other. Well, this movie is a, is a compliment to the original. It's, a, it's So if you've seen the original coming to America, this is kind of like you get more of it here with this one. Um, and uh, like I said, like I agree with you. You know, coming to America was I probably when it, when we came out at its time, it was it was funny. But like with over time, I, it's probably gotten better. You know what I'm saying? And uh, this movie is uh, I think this movie you can watch it again. You know what I'm saying? It's not like completely like you know like oh god, I don't want to watch this again or anything like that. But uh, it was just good. It's a great compliment to you know to the original coming to America. It kind of gives you like, if this was a television series, like coming to America was like the first season and this movie was like the second and final season. Exactly. Like that. You know what I mean? So in that sense, it's good as a, let's say if it was a standalone movie and it just came out, you know, as a standalone, it would just be good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I agree. I, no 
comparison to the first one, but it was a close runner. I would agree with that. Um, the only thing I would say is that you could do one, obviously, by itself, and two wouldn't be able to stand alone uh, without the first one. But I, I totally agree with that. There is no comparison with the first one. And that was my point to this, um, that I wish there was a little bit more of its own. But here's the good parts, I thought. Tracy Morgan, I thought he was awesome. I thought he should have had a bigger role. I think he started to, but then they would stop him. Like he started at the apartment in New York City and then he doesn't come on the plane with them. I'm like, oh great, he's done for the movie? What is that? But then at least Leslie Jones was there and I'm blanking on the name of the new son. Um, uh, I, I know the, it's the, uh, the, the, in the sh In the movie, the, you know, his name is LaBelle. Lavelle. Uh, yeah, Lavelle I thought he was really good too. To be honest, I thought he was. He was uh, likable. He was he likable. Was very likable, and I could see yeah. him doing well in the future. And I thought Leslie Jones's character was really good too. But again, they kind of had her and Tracy Jones kind of a. Um, they they really made them bit parts, and I kind of wish. I kind of felt okay. Here's what I, I'm thinking about. They kind of wanted to not overstep the original, maybe. And so everybody had a certain time limit that they could, you know, and then after that, the story basically had to stay the same. They have to go back. He's got, he needs a male heir. And like I said, if you haven't seen this movie, it's shattered for you now. Um, they need a male heir and they go and find one. They bring him back. And then, you know, there's the normal friction. They relate it back to Akeem originally. Like he had the same issues. Like I want to find my own wife, someone that I can relate to. And he has that. They copy the same scene, right? They have the same scene where he asks his new bride, "You know, how do you feel?" Oh, Michael Baxton, thank you. It's Michael Baxton is his name. Um, they ask, you know, he asks, you know, his new bride, you know, what do you like? What are your interests? And she does the same thing. She mimics back, "Whatever you like, whatever you want to do." And that, and you know, the same thing is in the original. So. At that point, I thought, okay, it's good till now. You got to do something else now. Like he's got two illegitimate sons or he's got, you know, Leslie Jones. I mean, off the walker. Exactly. The because you've got a guy, I don't know what his name was. Who was the guy that's the master of ceremonies? And, you know, I don't know if he did. The he, scene. Was in, he was in the first one as well. Yes. He was in the first one. I I'll don't know what his name. You keep talking. Yeah. I'll get his name. Yeah. He was. I mean, I know, I know we talked about that maybe that he wasn't actually doing the singing because if you see the very last scene after the movie, it's good. You see John Legend singing. So I don't know if they had John Legend actually doing the singing for that because um, if anyone watches, if you watch through the credits, John Legend sings that same introduction song, the wedding song at the very end of the movie. And he's a really, really good job doing it. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the the character's name is Oha. He's the one who, Oha. In the first movie. He's in this movie, and he introduces people. He yes. sings like he has, hits this falsetto, which comes out of this quiet guy's like, "What? You know what I mean?" It's like, "What's happening?" But uh, I, his name is Oha. Yes, I I actually appreciated the fact that they brought him back, and I'm like, "Wow, he can still hit a note, and he's hitting it just." I don't know if he really is, but if he is, my hats off to you because that was awesome. Um, so. Like I said, though, right when that had the whole scene where Lavelle is asking his new bride, you know, what is up with this? You know, who who are you? What do you like? Uh, little chubby guy. Um, 
they should have done something right there, up to stakes, like you said. I mean, if they had done something like I thought they could have done something with either Tracy Morgan or Leslie Jones, where Leslie Jones, she seems like a kind of a character that would go off the off the wheel, off the rails or whatever somehow. Like she would, who knows what she'd do. Like they have that flashback scene where she's completely out of it. And she like gives Akeem's character who knows what. And he doesn't even remember their whole meeting. He just said, I remember meeting a gazelle or something like that, or I don't know what he said. And then, then he thinks about it, he thinks about it. And he's, then, he's, then he kind of remembers a little bit. He has like a semi-half flashback. So anyways, my point was maybe something else like that. Like they even had her and um, Akeem's wife, Lisa, they kind of become, at first they don't like each other, then they kind of become friends. Something right there. That All of these things could have been something. And I felt like they kind of made, kept it. Uh, what was the rating for this movie, by the way? Was this rated R? Hi, guys. Shameless plug section here. We'd love to have you join our reselling group called the Reseller Niche Help Group on Facebook. A lot of great resellers there. Also, if it's possible, if you could leave us a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Lastly, you can find these podcasts in video form on YouTube. We'd love to have you join us there so you can see some of the products we go through and then see some of the people we're interviewing. And if you could possibly subscribe, that would be the kicker. Thanks so much for listening. So I did, did not include the Royal Private from being... <laughs> I'm so glad they did not include the Royal Private... Um, they did actually include that. Uh, there was, I mean, they didn't show it, but they talked about it. Um, um, oh, I think you're you're muted. Sorry. It it's, it doesn't say it's rated R, but it's definitely like I would say teen and above because you don't see like breasts or anything like that. But yeah. there is like sex talk and stuff like that and bad words, but there isn't like any kind of like cleavage or anything well, like that. It, shown. Have to be. it didn't have to have that in there, but something at least crazy should have gone. Because I, I, I like they tried to do it with the lion, whole lion thing, the lion whiskers. Yes, the that was that. good. Yeah, I like that. That was, that was good. good. At least that's something new, right? That was upping the stakes, and also like Wesley Snipes' characters talk about assassination and invasion, and those were the those are the stakes. But he just didn't feel them to be so um, like that. The hero. I mean, we all expect that the hero will overcome, but it, like the obstacles didn't have to didn't seem to carry a lot of weight. And. Okay, here's the thing. Wesley Snipes' character comes in there and his entire entourage, like, they are going to light up the joint, like, completely. And um, Akeem's three daughters and Simi, who can't move, take them all out, which is, okay, it's great, it's funny and all. But then after that, instead of getting, you would think he seems like an excitable, angry character. He just smiles. They're like, okay, yeah, all right, yeah, that's it. Do you want to negotiate now? Yeah, okay. Done. I'm like, uh, that was an opening for some. He should have, I don't know, stolen Babar or <laughs> stolen Babar. I mean, no, he didn't say badly. Okay, but I mean, I don't know. I, I was hoping for more something, but I kind of here's the thing with Eddie Murphy movies in general. I think he's been. I mean, not all of his movies have been great, but in the 80s, they were awesome. But those movies that were awesome all had something. Even if the plot wasn't great, he 
took it from a 7 to a 10, 11, 12, based on him being over the top, being whatever. Or somebody else in the movie would do that. Here, I didn't see that really from anyone. I saw a lot of 7s and 8s. There were no 9s or 10s in my mind. Am I wrong? Or is it, would you say the same? Or it's kind of... Well, for me, the people who stole the movie for me was uh, Leslie Jones, who, yes. who played LaBelle's mother. Every time she was on screen and she made a joke, and I've never really watched Leslie Jones stuff before. Like I've never, I'm not, I'm not a big SNL viewer, or I didn't see the Ghostbusters redo. Uh, yeah. But she was fantastic in this. Every time she came on, she made me laugh. And also, the two other characters, actors that stole it for me were Wesley Snipes as Captain Izzy. He made me laugh because the thing is, like, you don't see ever Wesley Snipes for comedy, but he yeah. was fantastic. Like he just was, he just popped every time. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, and also, uh, like, kind of like the center, like, kind of like the heart of the movie was like Merimbe, like uh, LaBelle's, uh, the love interest that, that he ends up, uh, like I guess, full spoilers we're talking here. Um, Merimbe was fantastic. Like, she, like, her charisma, and also, like, you're kind of like feeling her for her, like, she sold it with just her face, like, beautiful woman, you know what I mean? Yep. And uh, so those three are the ones that kind of stole it for me. Everybody was a little bit more subdued. Uh, so was, um, but maybe it was because of the big cast and the movie's not like a super long movie either. Sure. Like Eddie Murphy was subdued. Arsenio was subdued. They had their lines in there, here and there, but uh, they were definitely, you know, more subdued. They weren't like, like the camera wasn't like, they weren't the central focus and it's kind of good and bad. Good in the sense of like, they're giving other actors to shine, like the time to shine, like this uh, actor, like who plays Lavelle, and also like the his daughters and stuff as well, like giving them kind of time to shine, and also the secondary actors because he had a bunch of comedians in there. He had Tracy Morgan and he had Leslie Jones, but then like some of the other people, like in their little group, were also like longtime comedic actors and actresses. So, uh, you know, you had a big cast. And, you know, you kind of had to give them other time to shine as well. But the, the bad in the bad way, like we keep hoping like for Eddie Murphy to come back and make like the same kind of splash he did when he, you know, did his movies back in the 80s. But I think that that ship has sailed, honestly, like yeah. Eddie Murphy as a dramatic actor is much more appealing and enticing, I think, nowadays, as opposed to Eddie Murphy, the comedian like Eddie Murphy and Dreamgirls was incredible. And um, he won the Oscar. Yeah, I mean, he he didn't, right? He didn't win an Oscar for that, though, right? But he was fantastic in that. Yeah. He, I think he was amazing because it was comedy and then, like, this real darkness, and that was fantastic. And then Dolomite Is My Name, which he also worked with Craig Brewer, who so directed good. this so movie, good. you know? like Same director. They worked together on that, and they did this together. And there as well, he had shades of like he was struggling and always like trying to make do, but you believe him. So I think Eddie Murphy, the serious actor, in 2021 is much more appealing and he can still do the comedy but that's the past that's not like the eddie murphy that we're gonna get now you know what i'm saying and uh a criticism that i may have of this movie and this is a criticism that i read online that i agree with is like you don't have to rehash old jokes i give yeah. me like kind of pay homage to them but you don't have to like stay in those old kind of jokes you can uh, you can move forward. You can, or just evolve it. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, like some of the lines and, and having Randy Watson come out and this and that, like that was cool. But like, uh, like to me, like I prefer the new stuff. I mean, something. I mean, yeah, I prefer I prefer newer newer jokes that yeah. we can 
kind of talk about and stuff like that. Like, um, you know, like what we were saying earlier in this in, in this review, we were talking about how Morgan Freeman was talking about like how Valentine's Day stuff and people have stopped having sex. Like these are new jokes and like that's fun. You know what I mean? Like Leslie Jones or like Wesley Snipes, like he comes with his entourage and they start dancing. You know, like yeah. or like when they go to his camp, he goes, "Okay, kids, go play with the Kalishnikovs." Like you know, like exactly. that kind of exactly. stuff. New jokes. You know what yep. I'm saying? I like the McFlurry and stuff like that. New jokes. Like. Yep. New jokes within the world. It doesn't have to be like some new thing. New jokes within the world, you know. Um, what, what did uh, like the barbershop one like? Uh, he's like, oh, Kuzu can say any bola. He called. He called Arsenio a bola. It's like yeah. ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? So new jokes, you know. Um, yeah. but, like kind of rehashing old jokes. Like I kind of disagree. Like the whole thing. Like, that boy, good. Like you don't have to do that again. You know what I'm saying? Like give me yeah. something new. You know. So um, yeah, that's where the movie kind of like it stumbles. It stumbles. It doesn't fail. Yeah. Like in terms of rehashing the old, but uh, giving more, giving us more of this Zamunda, giving us more of these characters, giving us more of this world was a lot of fun. And if we don't see another one, I'm okay with that. But if we see another one with a new cast and a new bunch of comedians and it's really funny within this world, I wouldn't mind that. You know? No, I, I, I 100% agree with you. And like I said, there were so many times where I thought they were going there. Like you said, like they were kind of like, I enjoy seeing sexual chocolate, but. That was it. It was done right there. And so what I was hoping for was someone from the old cast to change, evolve. Like you said, Eddie Murphy definitely in his acting career has evolved. So I, I totally get that. But having seen Arsenio Hall, it was probably three, four years ago now, but he like relatively recently and the jokes he was telling, they weren't completely over the top, but Knowing what he could have done or can he, what he can still do and didn't really do at all. I mean, I'm sure he was given a script. He had to follow the script and all. But uh, there were too many, like, um, I don't know what to call it. But like you said, I think subdued is a great word, a great way of putting it. Um, and how's it going, Cameron? Um, yeah, we'd love to hear your opinion. Um, but... Um, yeah. Uh, what I would say, though, I mean, uh, like, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, though, is that there's so many different people here. I'm wondering if they were thinking about that. Like, OK, you've got Tracy Jones, Arsenio Hall, Eddie Murphy, obviously. You've got Leslie Jones. You've got the newer, younger characters, all of them as well, plus Morgan Freeman, all these. It kind of felt like a, like an all-star ensemble, kind of almost like... Uh, I get together after 30 years as opposed to a movie at certain points, which is good for someone like me that remembers the original movie, but halfway through you're like, okay, I'm waiting, give me something else, which didn't come, which is a little bit disappointing, but hey, Mo, um, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Uh, Mo, can you hear can me? You hear me? Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we're, I, coming. We're, we're, we're both breaking up a little bit. Okay. So sorry if you didn't hear that. I can hear you, you're coming in and out. Okay, is that better right there? Like, I, I can't see your video right now. Like, I'm getting the little spinny thing. Oh, goodness. Here we go again. All right. Um, I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay, okay. So I guess my point to that is I kind of felt like they were trying to uh, rope in people individually to keep it as an ensemble cast and that everyone gets their part and that's it. And the story goes, it progresses to, you know, you've got this new son-in-law or this new son. And that's it. Uh, did you hear that? 
Yes, yes, I can hear you, yes. Okay, excellent. So um, I guess with that said, like you said, if there is a third one, I hope they really take it in a really completely different direction. I don't think there would be. I think this is ended. Um, unless yeah. it's like a Lavelle well, Jones, a Leslie Jones I, and Lavelle movie. I, I, but I did want to add something actually, Mo. That um, yep. this is on deadline, and I saw this uh, in passing, like while watching. Like I told you, I, I enjoy keeping up with a lot of movie news, and I yes. saw this headline in passing. But then now, as we're talking about it, I just wanna wanted to know how the movie did. And this is according to Deadline, and this is dated uh, yesterday, March eighth. Uh, the deadline uh, headline being Amazon claims victory with Coming to America two as the most watched streaming movie in a given weekend during the pandemic. Like, this is from March. This is like they're saying the whole pandemic. And I'm just going to read you the first uh, paragraph here from the deadline article. Um, okay. Amazon isn't being trans. Okay, Amazon isn't being transparent in the weekend viewership of Coming to America, the Eddie Murphy comedy sequel. The streamer picked up for 125 million. They paid whichever movie, whichever company produced this movie, 125 million to get the rights to it back in October. Uh, rather, they've serviced a statement pointing to the digital entertainment group slash screen engine slash ASI's VOD weekend rankings, which contains streaming PVOD and VOD video on demand. Uh, feature titles claiming the comedy sequel was number one, even beating Paramount Plus's first weekend stream of SpongeBob, the SpongeBob movie on Paramount Plus, like I mentioned. And oddly enough, Screen Engine's ASI's chart doesn't even rank the weekend results for Disney Plus's Raya and the Last Dragon. So withholding Raya and the Last Dragon, uh, this was one of the most streamed movies of the pandemic was coming to America too. And definitely shout out to Gravity Goods in the Building and the Flipping Accountant as well. Excellent. I mean, okay. I mean, I see what they're saying there. And you know what? I, I'm glad that they had a lot of viewership. I would say majority of that is based on nostalgia and people remembering the original. Um, let's see what they say, um, you know, a couple weeks from now, a month from now. I mean, I guess if it's the highest rated in one weekend, that's great. But let's see if it like, I don't know if they have records for longevity um, for streaming, you know, because it's all relatively new the last few years. Right. So, yeah. um, uh, okay. I think they're reaching a little bit, but I, okay, great. I mean, that's awesome because maybe that means more content from Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, the, the whole, who knows, you never know. Right. Yeah, so I, I mean, it. honestly, they, Amazon's winning right now. Like, so they oh, got yeah. Borat, and Borat is a Golden Globe winner, and now yeah. they got this one, and it's you know, it's it's like they can tout this, you know, like for this initial weekend, it's the most streamed movie of the pandemic. You know, of course, some other movies are gonna probably come and break that record, but yeah. uh, you know, Amazon is, is building. Amazon is building its little movie thing here. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, and then the you know Netflix, and and people always talk about Netflix and like you know HBO and all this, but I mean. Amazon is not one to be discounted, especially since they basically are the uh, they Netflix has all their hard drives on Amazon. So um, if I don't know if the, that has anything to do with them kind of uh, pushing to have their own because they've always seemed to do that. I know we're talking about Amazon now a little bit, but um, they love to kind of partner up with people and then end up doing that same exact thing themselves. So I don't know if that has anything to do with them. Uh, using their hard drive space for net or Netflix using their hard drive space. But anyways, I digress. So what I wanted to know from you, if you were to give this a rating out of 10, what would you give it? 
I've, I've definitely enjoyed this and I laughed out loud sincerely yeah. several times. So I very much enjoyed this, uh, but um, I, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this. I didn't think it was like the best thing ever, but I definitely enjoyed this. And I would give this, uh, it would definitely range in between a six and a seven. So I, I would say a 6.5, but uh, very enjoyable. Like I said, I, I did not regret the time that I spent. No, you know what? I'm going to go with a seven. I'm going to go. I did enjoy this. I did enjoy this and I didn't regret the time that I spent watching this movie. So gotcha. uh, I'll go with a seven for coming to America too. Excellent. And what about you, Mo? Like what is your final score wrapping up our coming to America review? Mo, what say you? I would say seven. And the reason I would say seven is because I'm kind of, I remember the original, so maybe it's a nostalgic seven. If this wasn't a sequel to a movie I really, really enjoyed, I would probably give it like a six. And the only reason, I would, another big reason is I don't think I would watch this again anytime soon. So if I give a movie like an eight, nine, or 10, it's usually because I'm going to be watching this again, something I missed, something I want to see again, something. I don't think I would watch this again in the near future. So I enjoyed it. I loved watching the, all the old characters, but I think seven is the most I can give it. So I think that um, is, yes, that's what I would give it. Yeah, I hear you. I feel you. And uh, I think this one is rewatchable, though. Uh, I'll be honest, like, there's something else that concluded this weekend that I don't think is super rewatchable and uh, and it's completely different genre, but like WandaVision finished up this weekend and no. I thought it would that as well was like a seven and like, it's not something I'm going to revisit unless you know I want to like, there's an upcoming movie that has some hints that goes back to this, but yeah, you know, that's another one. That's kind of like that one. I wouldn't rewatch this one. I would rewatch cause I, I didn't feel like it was like a waste, but uh, that's okay. a great point though that you made. That's a great point that you made. Okay. Well, I think we've hit all the nails and all the heads of this movie. What I want to do before we leave, though, is let everyone know, Paul, where they can find you and all your content and all that good stuff. Well, as always, Mo, thank you so much for having me on your show again. Definitely big up to you, Mo. Big up to everyone that came into the building while we were here doing the Piz Kids, the podcast, recording live. And uh, you can find me and all my content at improvinghavefun.com. Uh, my name is Paul V. Perez, and the latest podcast that I have up now has a mixtape of 60s and 70s soul, disco, reggae, and rock. And uh, you can find that once again at improvinghavefun.com. We'd love to have you come by and take a listen. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you don't know already, this is also a podcast. I know we're watching, we're streaming live on YouTube. You can also catch this on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. I have a mini Facebook group, Resell Niche Help Group on Facebook. But until the next one, I want to thank Paul for being here and everyone else in the chat for being here. And I'm actually probably going to check out WandaVision. But that's another, <laughs> another day. Adios. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Reseller Niche Podcast. Show notes and social media links are located at resellerniche.com. Please comment, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes or YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts.